This is a baby sleep podcast for parents by parents, mostly functioning coffee-fueled humans who really miss a good night's sleep. I'm Kat Cuby, parenting broadcaster and journalist, and together with Sarah Carpenter, paediatric sleep consultant and expert, we are the Sleep Mums. This is, of course, a podcast about sleep because we really love the snooze stuff. But what you'll know if you've listened to our other episodes, and if you've not, you totally should, is that while sleep might be the big deal, the stuff around it is what makes it happen and happen well. I like to think of sleep as kind of like Beyonce and all the rest, her entourage. So one of the key players in sleep's entourage is play. I think they would totally appreciate that. Because finding ways to keep your baby awake is also an important part of getting them to sleep. As always, we'll look at five things about play and sleep. And we'll also look at play through the first year and beyond and answer one of your questions. First, though, let's start at the beginning. Why is play important? You've got to think of your baby as a bit of a blank canvas. So, you know, you're responsible for teaching them everything. You're really going to be using play to do that. So play is there for all their learning. It's there to stimulate them. It's there for you to communicate with them. It doesn't need to be 24-7. It doesn't need to be hard. It's just getting the right times of play in your schedule so that you're stimulating but not overstimulating and not understimulating your baby. It is amazing actually because babies and kids learn so much through play and how awesome is that? I mean I actually kind of wish we would keep that idea as we go into adulthood because it's actually a much better way of learning. Absolutely. I mean, babies and children are going to learn so much more when they're doing it through play. I mean, essentially, you need sleep. That's the thing we love to process the world and milk and food to fuel them. But everything else, language, creativity, intellectual skills, that is all learned through play. So it's amazing. And it's also quite a useful tool as well, isn't it? Yes, it is a useful tool. Because, you know, the I, coming back to the stimulation, you know, as long as you have got the right level of stimulation, then your baby is going to be ready for their naps. And that's what you're really aiming for. When a baby is small, you're basically their first toy. And that can be a wee bit overwhelming at first. You're left feeling like you need to be Mr. Tumble, <laughs> shudder the thought, <laughs> or something. And suddenly have joke hankies up your sleeve or something daft like that. Knowing how to play with babies is not necessarily something a parent is born with when their little one arrives. So our second thing is, do I need to become a children's entertainer? Absolutely not. This is something that I talk to parents about all the time. You know, you've got a tiny little baby. Keep it simple. You are entertaining enough for them you know your face changing your expressions hiding your face popping back out using scarves using um, different textures through play but just keep it simple and your main tool is your voice you know speak to your baby about anything and everything it doesn't need to be anything around children you don't need to be singing nursery rhymes you can be singing whatever your favorite song is at that time you can be reading whatever your book you're reading or whichever newspaper or article on the internet it really does not need to be baby or child focused it can just be you being you 
I think that's quite important. When Indy was really small, like really, really small, I would put on CBBs. I mean, we're talking six months or something because it felt like it was age appropriate and that somehow that might make things calmer. But obviously it kind of drove me insane. And really, I could have just been playing like music that I like and it probably would have made me feel more comfortable and more relaxed rather than like being this slightly crazy must be a great parent and inform my child from six months or something I don't know absolutely you as parents the relaxed version of you is going to be the most entertaining version you know and for little ones as well just seeing their parents interact is a huge thing you know that's when you're going to get massive giggles and you know all the interaction that you do with them blowing raspberries clapping your hands all these simple little things that you can just be doing as you go they're the things that are going to stimulate and educate and like you're saying it's also really important as a parent to be you and if peekaboo is not your thing don't do it you know if it's not going to make you feel happy you find other things that will entertain you and entertain your baby because pretty much anything will entertain baby as we've said before even a nappy change could feel like you know a binge on Netflix for a baby yeah that's the thing you know and people think that they need to go all out with entertainment but actually you're totally right you know a nappy change which can last a couple of minutes that's a huge amount of stimulation for a baby walking up and down the stairs looking at the black and white photos hanging on the walls that's a huge amount of stimulation and being parked in front of a window for a little while just seeing the shadows outside all these things are little bursts of stimulation which for a baby are huge I knew there was a reason I put those arty farty photos on the wall (laughs) (laughs) and that's also another reason why we make quite a big deal of the bedtime routine not just as a kind of process for getting baby to sleep but bath time is a really lovely play time that also sets up for sleep definitely actually bath time although it is extremely good and stimulating and fantastic and does set them up for sleep you can also very quickly go the other way with bath time and it can get overstimulating and go on for too long so you know a lot of people will allocate kind of half an hour to bath time when actually five or ten minutes is more than long enough you know five or ten minutes for a very small baby is absolutely exhausting and what you don't want to do is slip into that overtiredness so it's just getting that balance of a nice bath time without completely stimulating them and exhausting them and that's that's true throughout in terms of talking about play Mm -hmm. it's about getting that balance and that's maybe the harder thing rather than worrying about being an entertainer it's just trying to be aware of how much play versus how much you know feeds and sleep now I feel a bit like I'm writing a birthday wish list here or a festive top 10 of presents but Sarah you have worked with thousands of families so you must know what the best toy for a baby of all time is. Yep, the best toy for a very small baby is your face. As your baby grows... (laughs) Try selling that on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) And as your baby grows, it's a wooden spoon and pan from the kitchen. It's just, you don't need all the flashing lights and plastic toys. You know, they are very short-lived because once a musical flashing toy has done its thing 
that's it. That toy's done for a baby or child. Whereas the things that they have to use their imagination with are the thing, they're the toys that keep on going. So, you know, scarves, um, balloons, things that are moving, they're fantastic for little babies. You know, actual toys that you can buy then. So for the giraffe, which initially is something that gets shoved in the mouth and then you move on to actually be able to use it as an interactive animal in games and then as you get that little bit older the stacking cups are fantastic building blocks all the things that actually engage a child and have no end you you want toys that are going to just keep progressing rather than toys that you push a button it does its thing and then it gets pushed to the side Talking about musical beeping toys as well, and the fact that earlier on we were talking about being the most relaxed, happy parent you can be is the best toy. That is also, you know, important to remember because I have to say there's quite a well-known kid's toy that you pop kids in and rhymes with humperoo. The song that it played literally drove me insane to the point that I was like why have we got this toy so although I have to say probably banging on pans would do the same thing well yeah I mean everything does get a little bit annoying after time but you know things like the the toy that you were just referring to you can always take the batches out of it and the baby will still get the same amount of stimulation through the bouncing and textures that are on the toy you don't actually need the music to be playing Oh, I wish we could rewind five years and tell my <laughs> early parenthood self. Yeah, and so it is basically the most basic things that entertain kids the longest. And plus, when there are no batteries required, <clears throat> no giggling at the back, it's even better because they don't play annoying tunes. So we've been talking about the simplest things being best, but... As we've touched on briefly, something that's simple for a six-month-old is a full-on party after party and pancakes the next day for a two-week-old. So our third thing should be chatting very briefly about play through the ages. So let's start with birth to six weeks. So starting at the beginning with them birth, you know, you, you're you getting very little awake time from your baby or at least happy awake time. Um, so really you are just using your face. You know, you want to get up close you want to be changing your expressions lots of smiles um chat you know that it is really for those first six weeks it's all about facial expressions and the chat now we all know that we should be doing tummy time from birth but realistically the first six weeks you're just getting to grips with life so it's not necessarily gonna be fitted in at that point um if you've managed it then high five to you but don't worry if you don't get around to that until a little bit later so by the time you've hit your six week mark then you definitely want to be then having a little bit of tummy time each day you know it doesn't need to be for a long period of time just pop them on their tummy for a little while each day and that can be done at nappy change time as well you know you can just um, either take the nappy off and roll them onto their tummy or just after you put a clean nappy on pop them on their tummy while you're getting them dressed again yeah just make sure there's nappies involved in that because it can get messy (laughs) and also just because we always love to bring it back to sleep tummy time is really important for sleep too because actually it helps to stretch things out move wind around so you'd be you might be surprised to know that tummy time is a useful thing for getting baby to sleep better at night I might encourage you to do it 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you can pop baby down on their tummy for a little stretch out before they're going for a nap or before they're going to bed at night, then it certainly can squeeze some of the wind out. And ultimately, you know, from six months, a lot of babies will choose to sleep on their tummy. So you want to know that they're confident on their tummy from as young as possible. So they're prepared for that developmental change when it comes. Absolutely. And by the time babies are reaching out and grasping for things, you've kind of reached a whole new level of play and you can generally say goodbye to your hot cup of tea. Uh, So that's usually around 12 to 17 weeks. So what's the best play for then? So any sort of little rattles that are small enough for them to hold are fine. As I said earlier on, the Sophie Giraffe, where they can um, hold the back leg. So turn it upside down and actually give them a leg to hold because that's a more comfortable size for them and the little tiny plastic rattles that have got the very very small handle and the ball with the rattly bits in the end they are very good because again it's that shape most play mats will have toys that hang down Um, And so if your baby doesn't like lying on their back, you can always pop them into a bouncy chair and push them under and into the play mat so that they can still reach forward and grab things or have an activity bar over the bouncy chair that they can reach forward and grab as well. Muslins are really good. You know, we literally use muslins for everything. But again, you know, they are great because you can get slightly different textures and they will sort of start to play their own form of peekaboo by pulling the muslin up and pulling it back down which is the cutest um, it is the cutest yeah so so yeah any of those sort of little little things from this age are really good and that kind of continues really when you get to 17 to 24 weeks or four to six months when you might find you have a baby that's beginning to get on the, the move with mm-hmm. rolling and reaching yeah. so what's good play time for them so certainly at this age it's really important to start using their developmental movements as play so if they are rolling over that's great a lot of them won't be so you just want to start really encouraging that and encouraging them to roll over so put toys away from them and roll them to that toy so they start to get that um, developmental change and also start setting them up so you can set them in between your legs and just put a range of toys in front of them so that you're just supporting their back so that they're not flopping forwards too much um, or falling backwards. So you're really using, between the four to six month age, you're really using them for their own play. So it's all about those big developmental gross motor movements and skills that they need to learn. And if they are sitting up in between your legs or in between cushions, using the little um, stacking boxes that are numbered, it's really good fun. You know, you can stack them up, you can count them, you can show them the colours, you can knock them down and get a good old giggle out of them. So that's a game that's very repetitive, but they really enjoy. And you can incorporate so many areas of development into that one. The hoops that go in size order are quite good as well. And actually, I found my son, who's now three, playing with those yesterday. So they also have longevity. Definitely. Yeah, most toys that you introduce to babies, children will come back to around about, you know, first of all, 18 months and then two and a half, three-ish. Um, and they'll play with them properly. You know, you'll yeah. actually see that they're, as babies, they would flap them around. And yes, of course, they learn and they they know how to stack them and things like that but as they get older and they come back to toys that's when they're really interactive with them and really know what's expected and that's when they do it and they will then count them and do their colours and things like that as well. 
then you get to kind of six months plus and play tends to get a bit more complex. So what's what's best to do then? So from six months, you can really um, incorporate lots of different sort of toys, you know, your building blocks are really good. You can get softer ones if you, you know, the sort of rubbery soft ones if your baby's not quite there with sitting up. If things get a lot noisier, you know, that's when they are going to be really banging toys around. You know, the, the blocks will get banged together. Whatever rattles they've got will get banged off different things. You can get all the musical instruments out and they just love that, you know, the tambourines that they can rattle and pat on. And then you can start to incorporate some messy play as well. So, you know, water play is fantastic. Literally just a basin of water on a mat on the floor and let them just guddle around in that. Obviously, you're observing them all the time. You can do things. My absolute personal favourite is the spaghetti play. So dye, cook up a big pot of spaghetti, put a little bit of food colouring in it and just whack it on the ground and let them go for it, your baby is going to get dyed. There's no two ways about it. They'll have a little bit of colour on them for a little bit of time. It's just one of those things that will wash off. But they just love it. You know, you, you see them really progress with initially not really wanting to touch it and not really knowing what to do. And then after a few sessions, they'll be diving right in and think this is the best thing ever. I think um, I made a bit of an error when I introduced that because I said that they were like worms and we were playing it with my, my daughter who was a bit older and she was completely freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> Play is obviously super important, but I'm totally going to be the boring mom here. You can have too much play, especially where sleep is concerned. Hello, fumbleies. But too much play can make baby overtired, especially when they're wee. And as we've spoken about before, that can make them harder to put to bed. Yeah, absolutely. So to break it down, the sort of not to six week period, you really are not getting a lot of playtime as such. Your proper um, stretches of playtime are going to start really from sort of 12 weeks. But even then, five, 10 minutes at one activity is more than enough for a baby of that age. So it really is a short burst of play. Um, and that does stretch over time, but you'll still find, even for a six-month-old baby, their attention span is very, very short. So 20 minutes in an activity at six months is going to be the absolute max. You know, we'll have I'll have clients contact me saying, oh, I, you know, my baby's really unsettled. They, I just can't seem to get them to interact and play at all. And I'll say, you know, okay, so give me a rundown of your routine. And they'll say, well, then we tried this. And, you know, after 10 minutes, they were screaming and they, they were obviously, you know, they, they just weren't happy. And it's like, but that is actually enough. You know, they are just letting you know that they've had enough of that activity and it's time to move on. And you do see month by month, their attention span does stretch, but it's stretching by you know, two to five minutes at a time. It's not a big jump. You're not going to have a six-month-old who's going to be happy to play with something for an hour. It's just, it's too much for them. And you've got to bear in mind, I guess, as well, that there's quite a lot to fit in, especially when they're really small. You've got nappy changes, you've got feeds, Mm -hmm. and there is a, a certain amount of time they can cope with being awake. So to get everything in, you know, sometimes play needs to be the thing that you either reduced or just, as you say, a very short element of the day. Or just incorporated into other things. So when you're winding your baby, that can be playtime. And like we've already said, when you're changing baby's nappy, that can be playtime. When you're changing baby's clothes, that can be playtime. So it really is just 
you know, don't don't feel like you have to have designated times of the day to do it when they're tiny. It really is just interacting with them as you go. Every week we answer one of your questions, our listeners, and you can send us a listener question if you like online at The Sleep Mums on Instagram or on Facebook or jump to our website. But this week we have a question from Louise about tummy time. Hi Kat and Sarah, how do I help my baby do tummy time? We just really do not seem to like it. Thank you so much, Louise. So this is a question that I get asked all the time or, you know, not even really a question, but it's people saying, you, my baby just won't go on their tummy. They just don't like it. And I ask a range of questions back, like, where are you trying tummy time? How long are you trying it? What time of day are you trying it? And we soon established that actually the expectations of tummy time are far too high. So first of all, you want to think about your timing. Don't be trying to do it straight after a feed. Don't be trying to do it when they're too hungry. Don't be trying to do it when they're too tired. So you really do need to just find a little window in your day And as I said earlier, you know, that could just be simply at nappy change time, either after you've changed nappy or just before you're getting them dressed again. Lower your expectations on how long they're going to be on their tummy. Initially, if you get 30 seconds on their tummy, that's fantastic. You know, you're not putting baby on their tummy to lie there for an hour. It's not going to happen. You're really building it up slowly. So if you aim for maybe four times a day popping them on their tummy and you just see how long they stay there quite happily that's brilliant you know it could be 30 seconds a couple of days later that could build up to a minute a few weeks later it could be a couple of minutes but you're doing it regularly throughout the day so that is the key thing is actually doing it more often for less time and also think about what you're doing if you couldn't move and somebody lay you flat on your face you're not going to be that happy about it either. So just roll up either a muslin or a cellular blanket and just pop it kind of at at the sort of chest level so that their arms are coming over it. And that instantly helps them to raise their neck, strengthen those back and neck muscles, which is mainly why you're doing tummy time. And obviously the head is then off the floor completely. So you're thinking about the flathead syndrome as well so you're just covering all your bases but it just makes it a little bit easier for a new baby who's starting tummy time if you've just given them that wee helping hand and lifted them up slightly and then as they get more confident and as they strengthen up their arms and they're able to lift their head more you can just take that little blanket away and you are then popping them down but they will instantly push up because they're stronger. I definitely made a lot of mistakes I think with Indy in terms of what you're talking about and we used to call the face she made when we tried to make her do tummy time the tummy time rage face and really when either of us were unhappy about something we would bring out the tummy time rage face (laughs) because it was so intense I have some very funny photographs which I might share on social media I'll ask her first um which is her looking very cross in tummy time (laughs) but I also like to kind of think about it like you know, if someone told me, particularly after I just had a baby, but to get on the floor and do 10 sit-ups, I would be pretty angry about it too. And that's kind of what you're you're saying. And in the same way that postpartum, you sort of build up strength again, it's the same for babies. They're just building up strength in their neck to mm-hmm. allow them to do tummy time. And they, there's no, some babies might have super strong necks to begin with, but most babies are going to need that time to build up and also think about where you're doing it too it doesn't have to even be on the floor or anything like that you can lie back 
and pop baby on your chest and they can be doing tummy time on your chest which instantly is a much more comfortable place for a baby to be doing tummy time yeah I think they can feel a bit lost kind of on the floor there and certainly with my daughter I wasn't doing it with a muslin or anything like that so Mm -hmm. I think she did just feel like she'd been chucked in the middle of the floor and we were standing laughing (laughs) (laughs) of course she didn't like it well when you put it like that yeah and so at what point would you do you just do you carry on with tummy time sort of until they're rolling over and they can sort it out themselves absolutely just keep putting them on their tummy for a few times a day until they are flipping around quite happily front to back back to front and then you don't have to do it because they'll be doing it naturally. They'll be doing it themselves, yeah. And they will get to a point as well when they're reaching for toys. So if they've been, say, in um, sitting position, then they're stretching for a toy, they'll reach forwards and they'll end up on their tummy. So although they're not aware that they're getting themselves into that position or haven't intended to get themselves into that position, they will be doing it. And they might get a bit of a fright, but they'll get used to that as well. It's like some awesome sort of breakdancing move like the dolphin or something when they do that. (laughs) Skills, the skills of a baby. (laughs) I hope that helps, Louise. If you want to get in touch with us with your own question, you know what to do. Head online and find us on social media and send us a wee message with listener question. It's so important to us that our advice makes sense in real life too. So that's five things about play and sleep. We got the party started and we also called time on how much play is best for a baby through their first year. Play and sleep are kind of like the yin and yang of your baby's day. Getting the balance can help with both. The better and more stimulating age-appropriate play you have can in turn help with better and more restful sleep. And then sleep helps baby process all the awesome stuff they've learned with you. I don't know if you have a kind of back history of Fleetwood Mac that you want to share with your kid (laughs) who knows as always we hope it helped if you could help us so we can carry on helping parents like you it would be awesome please subscribe to our podcast like us on social media we're on Instagram and Facebook at the sleep mums and generally if you just wanted to throw some love our way by sharing our stuff on your socials that would be brilliant we hope you enjoyed our play date look after yourself and sleep soon 